Indeed, all praise is due to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The first and the last, the all-seeing, the all-hearing, the all-knowing, the giver, and the taker, the almighty, the all-powerful, the fashioner, the originator, the creator, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Salawat and salam be upon his final prophet and messenger Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, his pure family, noble companions, and every believer until the day of judgment. Indeed, a true believer is someone who lives in the present. Yet again, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala out of his extreme kindness and generosity out of his mercy and grace he's sending us another special moment special time of the year we are witnessing the end of this islamic calendar year and we are about to embark on the new hijri year and see another blessed and holy day holy month that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala declared as holy the month of Al-Muharram that bears its name especially the 10th day of Al-Muharram is so significant for us Muslims it seems that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is giving us so many reasons to turn to him in repentance to seek his forgiveness to develop ourselves spiritually, to realize that it is our duty to pose and work on ourselves, to strive and struggle, to work really hard, with so much humility and sincerity. And then we rely on Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and seek Him out in whatever are our needs. As Mawlana Aruni said wisely, he said, it doesn't matter where you are, it doesn't matter what you do, your needs are always with you, intrinsic to you, they're always with you. You can travel thousands of miles away, you haven't left your needs behind you. You can progress and develop in your career, your needs are still going to be with you but you have to understand the only one who can take care of your needs all of them is no other but Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala so out of his kindness and mercy he made us pray five times a day to him as if he doesn't want to give us a chance to become neglectful and forgetful beings. So even from the moment we wake up and we can begin to feel our senses, faculties, early in the morning, and we inshallah haven't seen throughout the night, we wake up, we praise him and we thank him. And we begin our day by prayer. 
Whatever we did in our sleep or before we went to sleep and as we woke up, that prayer, inshallah ta'ala, will obliterate, will purify. And then by the midday, we might have done some bad things, backbited someone, lied, did some other kind of haram, indulged our lower self, but Allah prepares another meeting for us at midday. And he increases our effort there from four to ten. Because by then we require more, more purification, more clearance. But then we pray our midday prayer. And the same dynamic goes on. And when the night breaks down, the sun set, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants us to make even louder shout and noise to him. And he made us to start praying aloud. At least two rakats of the three of Maghrib, we read loud. Because we require more purification. And we can pray before and then after. And then even after that you can pray another six, eight, as many as you can. Because you need more purification. And then, before you will go to sleep, after it's complete darkness. We don't want complete darkness in our heart, on our soul. We want light, illumination. We want that constantly to be there. We don't want to lose the spark of lightness in our eyes. Even if there is so much light around us, but if there is none inside of us, we won't be able to see anything. So Aisha time comes, and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala through our messenger showed us we need to pray even more, even harder, and preferably when people are asleep, then we get up to pray. That is extra enlightening. Allah gave us all that under the bracket of self-reckoning and muhasabah. What you can call it muhasabah al-nafs. Daily muhasabah, self-reckoning. And muraqabah, self-watching. You can, you can watch after your own self, really. Don't need any speeding cameras, officers, common laws. You can do it by yourself. And you can reckon yourself. You don't need your accountant to do your accounts for you. And audit to overlook at that. You can be your own accountant and audit. And you need to be. And this magnificent day comes every week, Yawmul Jumu'ah, yet another higher degree or level of self-reckoning for Muslims. A beautiful occasion where the community comes together and prays together and listens to some kind of admonition. Wow. Nasiha, advice. But above all, there is that moment on this day where we want again even a better, more thorough purification of the self. And also a much tougher and more, more sincere self-reckoning. And then the holy month of Ramadan comes, which is yet another degree and mercy and blessing from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for the entire ummah to be cleansed and purified. And the lucky and the wise ones, they do do that. Indeed, a loser and a foolish is a person upon whom the blessed month of Ramadan comes and they haven't worked on themselves and Ramadan is over. 
They don't know if they're going to witness another Ramadan. Nobody knows. But they haven't been forgiven and purified. That is a great opportunity missed. What a shame. What a pity. But then again, the season of Hajj comes and we just witness that. Allah bless this community to unite and go out and pray outdoors. Everyone together and we saw the big crowd and we could witness with our own eyes how much our Muslim community here in Cambridge is growing and how many good people are coming to visit our city and to study here and to teach here and to develop here and to train. What a blessing. Blessing upon blessing. Barakat ala barakat. And have we done well? That was so recently. And soon after that, the end of our Islamic calendar year comes. The month of Dhul Hijjah, in which we are right now, is the last month of our Islamic calendar. And what opens our new year is holy and sacred. So is our soul inside of us. And it doesn't really make sense why and why do we pay so much attention to taking care of our bodies when we know that our bodies were not created to last forever. They were never meant to last forever. They barely last a hundred years. And we yet pay so much attention on our bodies and spend so much effort and time and intelligence and resources on our bodies, indulging our lower selves, our whims and desires. Whereas the Messenger of Allah said the opposite. He said, the truly intelligent person is the one who took account of himself. Al-Kayis means a wise person and a truly intelligent person. is someone who constantly does self-reckoning. He doesn't say or do anything before he thinks twice, if not more than that. And he doesn't make any decisions unless he's making a really well-informed decision. Because he thinks of things that will last forever. Of things that have real value. That are really real. Not a dunya. Not materialistic. That is a deceit. That is an illusion. It's cheating on us. So are our lower desires and whims. The instant gratification of our desires. It may be a pleasure, but very momentarily. Can't be compared to any of other pleasures that don't belong to this realm. So the truly wise person is the one who takes his own self into account and works not only for dunya and feeding his body and building his empire and I don't know how many people do it for their children many of us maybe do sometimes have that motive or intention I'm really not trying to secure a house for myself because by time I pay every loan off I'll be probably on my dying on my deathbed so it's really for my kids or grandchildren. So may Allah reward people for their earnest and honest intention. But the truly intelligent person will want to make sure that he's building a house for himself in Jannah. 
a very wise will want to build a palace in Jannah. As Imam Shafi said, he said, we cry over this worldly world, yeah? this dunya, worldly matters. But we really know, we are Muslims, we know the true felicity, true happiness and success lies in leaving that dunya, the worldly matters, detaching ourselves from a dunya. The more you detach, the happier you will be. Try it. There are so many rich people who have rooms and rooms of cash. Ask them if they are truly happy. Doesn't mean they are happy because they have yet another huge box full of bitcoins, whatever, gold coins and cash. I don't think so. That is true happiness. So he says, we know, leaving it is actually the true success. And then he says, which actually place of residence do you want, abode? Which dar, home, do you want and you are building for yourself? Would you rather have a home which stresses you out to maintain and you indebt yourself for the rest of your life and maybe your children, you don't know, maybe your children will not inherit the house you signed for, maybe a debt, half a million because you didn't manage to pay it off, so you passed on a huge debt to your children, but maybe your intention was something else, but you didn't work hard enough and you didn't make sure that you are leaving them at least a zero balance. That's a good inheritance, not debt. So he says, that home or a home, a dar, he said, the pleased one is its God. And its neighbor is the praiseworthy one. And the most kind and merciful is the one who founded that house for you. The one who built it for you. The one who established it for you. Of course, that is the one I would like to occupy. That is the one I would like to spend my time in. When my God is pleased, I'm pleased, pleased with him and he's pleased. He's called Ridwan. Khazin al-Jannah. The God of the gates of Jannah. And I want my neighbor to be my beloved Prophet and other messengers and prophets of Allah and truly righteous servants of Allah. And certainly I want things that the most merciful and generous and kind has prepared for me and built for me. And that is how you do a proper self-reckoning. You go and Analyze your past year. It's just, it's nearly finished. Next Saturday will be the new Islamic year. And I congratulate all of you for the new Islamic year right now. Barakallahu feekum. Kullu amin wa antum bi alfi khayr. Taqabbalallahu minna wa minkum. May you always be happy. Forever. And may Allah accept all of your efforts and good deeds. And may you see the next year a much better and more profitable one for yourselves. But surely a year where you have done this type of self-reckoning and you have climbed not maybe one step but a few in terms of your spirituality.
That is a successful year. Like one man, he imagined himself in Jannah, in its palaces. He was doing a kind of self-reckoning. تَخَيَّلَ نَفْسَهُ فِي الْجَنَّةِ وَفِي قُصُورِهَا He just imagined himself that he's already in Jannah. Enjoying himself, laying on silky cushions. And like I said, perhaps you can imagine that you sit in which company and that who is manifesting himself to you, imagine. But then he also imagined himself not drinking and eating the beautiful fruits of Jannah and enjoying himself in its palaces and drinking from different ponds. He imagined also himself being thrown into the hellfire and eating from Shajarat al-Zaqqum and drinking from Sadiq Jahannam. And not the Ridwan, the other God who seems to be angry, not pleased with its inmates. And then he said, what would I like to be? In what state? Certainly not in Jahannam. Not having that, that's forever. It's not you, there is no U-turn. It's not changing. So he surely thought, from now on, I will not only work for dunya and fame and ujr, but I will actually work for dunya and akhirah. And maybe my focus, larger focus, will be on akhirah because it's khayrun wa abqa. And I will gain and take from dunya what I need, what is my haja, but not necessarily beyond that. And I certainly will not, shall not compromise that my deen for dunya. That is utter foolishness. So the hadith that I made reference to said, a foolish person is the one who follows his lower desires. You know, animalistic side of his. And that means like he's con he doesn't have any direction in his life. The ruh wants to go up, straight, upright. But when you follow your nafs, it's pulling you right and left and stressing you out and driving you crazy and giving you this anxiety and that anxiety and that sorrow and bringing you to this new calamity and this and this. That is what your nafs is doing for you. All for a momentarily pleasure here and there. That's not a life that anyone should undertake by any means. And above that, he rests his whole life on false hopes. How foolish it would be to, for any one of us to say, Allah blessed me, I got admitted at, I don't know which college here in Cambridge, to study at faculty of law. And I will succeed, I'll pass all my exams, but I never opened any single book or read any article. It's not going to happen. You will fail. You will never become a lawyer, I can tell you. And any one of us who thinks that you are going to establish your five daily prayers, but not working hard, not making the next step, and continuously try to strive and excel spiritually, because it's a cycle of self-purification. What is the seventh step? The first one is to accept your inner reality. I don't want to judge you, nor is that my business. Judge yourself before you are being judged. And that's what Sayyidina Umar summed up on this topic of self-reckoning. Reckon your own self by yourself before you are being judged and reckoned. And weigh your deeds by yourself 
before you can see things maybe that will not please you. So I remind myself, and I begin with myself, trying to screen through what I have done and misdone in a way for the last year. And I'm trying to accept my inner reality but make yet a new resolution, a commitment for this coming year, Islamic year, that I will do better than what I did last year. And I'm in a way ashamed of myself how bad I did and I knew that Allah gave me every opportunity and so many multiple ways of earning his ridwan, his pleasure and so many different ways in doing good deeds but yet I was lazy or I closed my eyes and I gave myself no later another chance and I fell to that ancient trickery of shaitan and my own lower self and my whims and desires and didn't do so well. But now I commit myself that I won't repeat the same mistake that is not befitting a true believer. So I pray to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that we all take admonition from what the Quran tells us and from the wise sayings of our beloved Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And we pray to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that he enables us to do good. We need the tawfiq from Allah to say one prayer, even to say kalma shahada. But we also pray to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to grant us the acceptance. What is the point of coming every day to pray five daily prayers but for the purpose of ostentation? It's worse maybe than not coming. Instead we want Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to accept all of our deeds. And we pray to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to improve our inner condition to a better position. Not only within ourselves that will be too selfish in our communities and in our ummah. أقول قول هذا وأستغفر الله العظيم لي ولكم فاستغفروه إنه هو الغفور الرحيم بارك الله فيكم